This is Arab Talk on KPOO 89.5 FM in San Francisco. This is Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. I'm Jess Nam, And I'm Jamal Dejani. Jamal, the catastrophe and genocide in Gaza continues unabated despite the various uh, messages coming from the U.S. and the apartheid regime in Israel that there's somehow a ceasefire. There's no ceasefire. The genocide is increasing actually rather rapidly. Uh, the Israeli military is in Khan Yunis, and uh, the bloodshed continues unabated. The starvation continues, the cold, the freezing, the, the kind of pandemic of viral outbreaks. 27,000 Palestinians have perished, 13,000 plus are children. The situation remains grave. And on top of it, Jamal, the United States uh, and some EU countries have decided to cut funding to UNRWA, which is the only, which is the primary source of providing food uh, and other humanitarian items to Palestinians in Gaza. So the situation is grave. We're going to be talking about a lot of things today, including facts on the ground in Gaza. But I think you know we we have to kind of keep in mind some of the other craziness in light of the genocide that's occurring in with Palestinians in Gaza. The Wall Street Journal published an article. It was really really outrageous. We're going to talk about it. And the title of the article was. Welcome to Dearborn, America's jihad capital. Uh, it was like stunning. And then Thomas Friedman, who is a shill for Israel, you know, but an opinion writer for the New York Times, writes an opinion piece essentially comparing Arabs and people living in the Middle East to animals and insects. We're going to break that down. Nancy Pelosi is doubling down in her own kind of delusional way, claiming that demonstrators, pro-Palestinian demonstrators, are paid agents of Russia. She's also told them to go back to China, Jamal. We're going to talk about that. Joe Biden has issued an executive order targeting Israeli settlers who attack Palestinians. But if you dig below the surface, Jamal, it's only four Israeli settlers. It's kind of outrageous. He really is thinking that people are going to take this seriously. And of course, we have to talk about the devastating impact of the catastrophe in Gaza. We'll, we'll summarize some of the findings. But before we get to that, we're going to watch a. Re- this is, goes with what we've been talking about, right? But you interviewed a, field org- a former field organizer for Biden 2020 in Dearborn, Michigan, uh, Adam Abusala. He's going to talk about why he's now organizing members of his community not to vote for Biden in 2024. of Dearborn's residents are of Middle Eastern and North African descent. I don't think Biden's going to make it, man, but we should listen to this interview. It's really good. Yes, Hillary Clinton lost the state of Michigan by less than 10,000 votes. That's less less than 3% of the population of Arab American voters in Dearborn. So if someone can think about this mathematical equation, when everyone in Dearborn, Arab American uh, uh, and Muslim Americans and their allies, because uh, Adam spoke about uh, their allies, African Americans, Latinos, etc., that won't vote for Biden, he's going to be assured to lose the entire elections in 2024. Anyway, let's listen to Adam Abu Salah. With Biden's approval rating at almost the lowest of his presidency, a win in swing states is more critical than ever in the 2024 elections. Michigan is one of those states which he carried in 2020. However, voter support has shrunk dramatically among two critical voter blocks, young voters, which represent 37%, and the Arab American and Muslim American communities. Dearborn, Michigan, encompasses both of these communities. Approximately 54% of its residents are of Middle Eastern and North African descent. It's an important voting bloc with a history of supporting Democratic candidates. For example, in 2020, 80% of the votes went for Joe Biden. However, with Biden's unqualified support for Israel's ongoing genocide in Gaza, and his refusal to demand a ceasefire, several Democratic leaders are revoking their endorsement of him and refusing to meet with his campaign representatives, amongst them the mayor of Dearborn, Abdullah Hamoud. 
Joining us on Arab Talk this week is Adam Abu Salah. He is a former field organizer for Biden in 2020 and the co-founder of Project 1948. He's now urging others in his Dearborn community not to vote for Biden. Welcome to Arab Talk, Adam. Thank you for having me, Jamal. I appreciate you. You were motivated to rally support for Biden in 2020. He promised humanity. What was the turning point in his position on Gaza that made you withdraw your support? Of course. Um, well, uh, as you said, in 2020, I worked on the Biden campaign um, as a fellow, uh, and I worked on Arab American engagement here in the state of Michigan uh, with a main focus on, obviously, Wayne County and surrounding the areas uh, where there's a higher Arab American population. You know, when we voted for Joe Biden in 2020, uh, it's not like we came out because we thought he was an exciting candidate. Uh, we came out for Joe Biden because he, was, uh, he wasn't Donald Trump. And, um, you know, we looked at somebody like Joe Biden and we thought that as someone who has lost children of his own, as somebody who has gone through a lot of trials and tribulations in his life, that he would be somebody that would lead with, lead with humanity and compassion. Uh, but instead, he has led with hypocrisy. So our community, um, obviously, with everything that's been going on in Gaza and um, with Biden's uh, blatant disregard for Palestinian lives, uh, when he came out and said that, um, you know, people in Gaza died, but maybe not as many. Maybe they're exaggerating the numbers. You know, right now there's over 2 million people who are displaced. You know, you have children who are begging for a, a, a meal. They're begging for clean water. Uh, they're looking for their parents who were killed by Israeli war crimes. And instead of Joe Biden doing something to support and uplift the Palestinians, he's continuing to send more money and more aid to Israel to continue its war crimes on the people of Gaza. Uh, so we're just saying enough is enough. Uh, we're no longer going to uh, support him just because he has a D next to his name. Uh, and we're not going to support somebody who has funded the genocide of the, our people in Gaza. Has Biden or any high-level policymakers ever reached out to your community throughout his presidency, especially since uh, October 7th, to address people's fears, grief, and concerns? What was very disheartening, and I'm sure you know about the meeting that was supposed to happen in Dearborn and, and was canceled, you know, for 110 days, the Arab community here in Dearborn uh, did not hear from Joe Biden, uh, did not hear from his administration, did not hear from anyone. Um, you know, that's that's a part of his administration. And for the first time in 110 days that somebody heard from them uh, was somebody from his campaign. And as the uh, as a community here, we're just tired of looked at always in the context of elections and, and as uh, voters and as donors. Uh, we're not just poll numbers, we're, we're human beings. And, um, you know, so just uh, just for the first time that we do hear from him, it's from his campaign, it was, very, it was like a slap in the face. Uh, instead of sending somebody who actually can uh, enforce policies and who can put policies together, he sent his campaign manager. And, and really, at that point, it just showed us all we needed to know from the Joe Biden uh, campaign, which is that they really don't care about our lives until they need our votes. Well, actually, this was uh, pretty much like what I was going to actually follow up with you because this is being framed on mainstream media as a policy issue instead of a recognition of the humanitarian crisis and a personal devastation for many uh, of those who are living in your community or the, or, or the larger Michigan area who have di directly experienced horrific loss uh, from Israel's assault. Talk about this. When you talk to people in Dearborn every single day, everyone that you come across has been impacted in, in one way or another. Uh, we have people in Dearborn who have lost up to 80 family members and more. Uh, people who have lost 12 family members. Um, people whose entire families have been wiped out. Uh, we even have people here in Dearborn who were stuck in Gaza for the first, um, you know, for, for about a month when everything started. And, and to your point, this isn't uh, a political issue. This is a humanitarian crisis. Uh, and, and Joe Biden needs to act immediately. Um, you know, people ask me, they say, well, if Joe Biden calls for a ceasefire, will you vote for him? And the answer is absolutely not. Uh, he needs to call for a ceasefire because that's his job. His job is to ensure that, um, you know, everybody here in America is safe. Everybody here in America has what they need uh, to, to, to live a meaningful life. Uh, but instead, we're sending billions of dollars to Israel, and, and people are just very upset about that. Uh, you know, another thing that I could tell you, too, is that We've seen a lot of hypocrisy and, and double standards uh, with this administration. For example, when Anthony Blinken first went uh, to the region when everything happened, 
he got off of the airplane and said, I'm here as a Jew. Uh, but in reality, he's there as the Secretary of State for the United States of America. And I'm glad that he's a Jew. But that's not what he's there for. He's there as a Secretary of State. And he worked around the clock uh, to bring Israeli Americans back home. And for the first 28 days, there was no mention of Palestinian Americans. It was like Palestinian Americans was a bad word. So people from Michigan, people from Dearborn, people from uh, Livonia, you know, they were stuck in Gaza. Uh, some people have lost their lives who are from Michigan, who are American citizens. And that is because of Joe Biden um, and, and his failure to act. There's also this anger and attempt to blame your community for their shift in support instead of making Biden responsible, as you've been saying, you know, for his green lighting of this genocide and refusal on several occasions to, to demand a ceasefire. Do you see uh, this as blaming the voter? Yeah, and it's not, about, it's not the voter's fault. It's never the voter's fault. It's always the candidate's fault. You know, you never go to somebody who runs for city council and loses and then blame the, the constituents. You blame the candidate for his fault to, to, to run a clean campaign, to run a good campaign, and to, to really uh, talk about what the people want. Um, you know, when we talk about what the people want, the uh, uh, majority of Americans uh, are calling on the president to call for a ceasefire. Majority of Democrats uh, want a ceasefire, and a majority of Republicans even want a ceasefire. Uh, and and Joe Biden's not doing what the people want. But one thing I'll tell you though is too, you know, they they continue. They want to tell me that uh, if Joe Biden loses in Michigan, then the Arab community is to blame. The Arab community is absolutely not to blame. The reason why we're going to have a four year, another four years of Trump, isn't because of the Arab community. We're going to have another four years of Trump because of Biden and and his policies. Um, and, and that's what they really need to understand. The Democratic Party didn't learn in 2016 when Hillary Clinton lost uh, by 10,000 votes in Michigan. 10,000 votes. Um, that's one. That's that's uh, not even a quarter of zero. You know, they didn't learn in 2016. They didn't learn in 2020 when, when Joe Biden barely won. Um, and, and now they're not going to learn in 2024. I hope they learn uh, that our lives are not cheap. And it's not just the Arab community, by the way, here in Michigan. Um, you know, I talked to people in the black community, in the Latino community, in minority communities all across the state who are saying enough is enough. Uh, we don't feel like we're safe under Biden. Um, you know, they saw four years of Trump. They saw four years of Biden. And they really can't tell which president, uh, which presidency did what because they see uh, no difference in the way that they're acting. You know, Trump might come out sometimes and say it blatantly and say that he hates us. And Joe Biden hates us, but he tries to cover it up sometimes. But people are starting to realize what's going on. Uh, people in America are, are, are furious that our schools are falling apart, that, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of Americans are dying every single year simply because they have no health care. Yet we're sending all this money to Israel. Uh, so people are starting to wake up and they're realizing uh, what's been going on. And they're just furious with the political system. You've mentioned minorities, African-Americans and others who are also sick and tired of Biden. I think it's important to also point out that the young voters are shunning Biden as well on this issue, as we've been witnessing uh, throughout the country in, on college campuses and, and everywhere else. Uh, you know, young voters have a 37 percent uh, voter turnout. You're part of this voting block also. You're, what, 23 years old. Uh, do you see an intersectional dynamic here? You know, uh, a poll just came out this morning uh, that said 15% of between the ages of 18 and 34 approve of the way that Biden has, is handling uh, what's going on. That's that's 70, uh, 85% of young people don't approve of how he's acting. Um, you know, I'm telling you, uh, it's not just the Arab community. People in minority communities are really pissed. And like you said, young people are upset. Uh, genocide is not something that we support. Uh, genocide is not something that we want to fund. Uh, we want to see funding for our schools. We want to see funding for our healthcare system. We want to see funding for our roads and our infrastructure. We don't want our tax dollars to go to to uh, an, um, an illegal occupation force uh, that is uh, bombing children every single day. Uh, so young people are, are just furious. You know, another thing too is young people are starting uh, to see what's happening because they're no longer getting their news from NBC and CNN and, and MSNBC. Uh, they're getting their news and, and they're finding out what's going on in the world through Twitter and through Instagram, through TikTok. So they're seeing what's happening. Uh, you know, Israel is telling you what's happening. Palestinians are showing you what's happening. Uh, so that's why you see a lot of young people are just furious with how the Biden administration is handling everything. Uh, and, and just the way that the Biden administration is just really uh, discounting the lives of Palestinians and uh, 
and just at the blatant disregard uh, for Palestinian life. There was an Islamophobic hate-inciting opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal by Stephen Stalinsky calling Dearborn America's jihad capital. Imagine. As a result, the mayor of Dearborn had to ramp up police presence because it was inciting hate crimes and endangering Arab and Muslim Americans, probably not only in Dearborn, but throughout the country. Your response to this article? This article is a direct response to the way that the Biden administration has been handling everything and the lies that have been coming out of the Biden administration. You know, this article, uh, um, you know, with the headline that it had was absolutely disgusting. It was absolutely reckless. You know, as you said, our mayor had to amp up uh, police presence uh, to ensure that mosques and community centers are safe. You know, I'm Palestinian, I'm, I'm Muslim, and, uh, you know, my mother wears a headscarf, all my sisters wear a headscarf. Uh, knowing that uh, my mom has fear, uh, she has to go to the grocery store. Uh, knowing that I have fear if my niece is driving around Dearborn, that somebody can come and, and just do something, you know, God forbid, uh, simply because of a uh, headline in an article. Uh, it's just very disheartening. And what's uh, even more upsetting uh, is, is seeing so many uh, people that we voted for and we supported and, and endorsed and donated to uh, who are not even condemning this article, you know, uh, including our governor, Gretchen Whitmer, uh, who, the, you know, the Arab community here in Michigan has given her hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, to her campaign. Uh, we've donated for, uh, we've uh, voted for her in, in record numbers in uh, the last election. And for her to not even come out and condemn uh, this article, you know, it's just, we're learning a lot about who we thought was our friends. And, and I'm glad that we're seeing this early on, you know, but again, going back to a point that I made earlier is that, you know, these articles that are coming out, I'm sure you saw the article that was in the New York Times as well, that was, that was um, you know, talking about the Middle East through, through cockroaches and, and insects. Thomas Frio, these are, are yeah, yes, these are, are uh, disappointing articles. But when you see the president of the United States coming out every single day with lies and lies and lies, and then his team walks it back a little bit after, what do you expect the rest of the people to do? Uh, you know, Joe Biden has come out with numerous lies, and then his team walks it back. But the reality is, how many people see that his team walked it back? And those lies directed in uh, a six-year-old boy in Chicago being stabbed 26 times, uh, those those have uh, resulted in mosques being, uh, you know, uh, being called every single day and being threatened. Uh, we've seen an imam uh, being stabbed. These are not things that are happening because of, uh, you know, a social media influencer saying something. These are happening because the president of the United States is coming out with lies every single day. Uh, so it's very, very disheartening to see. I know people were very angry at uh Governor Gretchen Whitmer um, support for Israel in the fall of 2023, but I'm really shocked that she doesn't have the courage to condemn uh, this article. I mean, I'm, I'm actually surprised that uh, she hasn't re reached out to, to the community. I I've learned to never be shocked anymore. Um, it's very disappointing to see somebody, um, you know, after they take uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars from APAC, millions of dollars even, uh, it's just to never be shocked. Uh, it's uh, very unfortunate that we have people who are putting their the APAC dollars ahead of people's lives. And I think uh, as a community, even when it comes to Joe Biden, uh, you know, we're not surprised by the way that Joe Biden's reacting. Joe Biden is somebody that has come out in the past and said that if there was no Israel, we'd have to create an Israel and that you don't have to be a Jew to be a Zionist. He's a proud Christian Zionist. Uh, so we're not surprised with the way he's reacting. We're very disappointed. Um, you know, knowing that he, he can't even come out and say that uh, Palestinian children deserve to be safe, uh, deserve to live freely, deserve to live a dignified life. Uh, he's even afraid to say that. So, so uh, we talked about, about this. People are trying to guilt the voters into being responsible for a possible Trump victory. They're assuming that Arab Americans won't, won't go out and, and to vote. But there are uh, alternatives. Are you still going? You know, there is, of course, uh, Cornell West and, and Dr. Stein who are running. Are you still going to be working hard to get people out to vote for a president in 2024? And if so, has a plan formulated about how to choose a candidate that represents your community's values? 
you know, I think those are conversations that uh, need to happen uh, with these people who are running for office. Uh, Cornell West visited Dearborn uh, not too long ago. Uh, I know Jill Stein is scheduled to come here, but you know, our main, you know, our main focus right now is is worrying about our people back home, uh, making sure that people are safe, uh, and um, and that our community here in 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 America is safe. Uh, but our initial response is that we are absolutely not going to support Joe Biden. Uh, there's nothing that he could do. Um, you know, people have said here that uh, the only way that they could support Joe Biden again is if he brings back 30,000 Palestinians back to life. Uh, and that's not happening. So uh, we know that we're not supporting Joe Biden. Uh, but, you know, one thing about our community is that uh, we not only talk, but we walk the walk and we're going to organize. Uh, so are we going to go out and vote in November? We are. We're going to go vote. We're going to go absolutely go vote for city council elections, for state ref elections for county commissioners. We're going to vote for Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, who has been on the front lines of this issue. Um, and, and we're going to go vote. So, uh, you know, I don't want them to fear that we're not going to go vote. We're going to come vote, but we're just not going to vote for you. Um, and even with the presidential primaries that are coming up on February 27th, uh, we want to send them a strong message that uh, we're organized and that uh, we're going to come for you. We're not, we're not going to support you. Uh, so on February 27th, there's, there's a campaign that's, uh, you know, that's, being launched uh, to talk to voters about voting uncommitted on the presidential primary ballot here in Michigan. Uh, you can vote for uh, Joe Biden, Marianne Williamson, Dean Phillips, or uncommitted. And, uh, you know, we're all going to vote uncommitted. And there's a campaign to get people to vote uncommitted uh, because we're uncommitted to the way that Joe Biden's responding uh, to the crisis in Gaza. Uh, we're uh, uncommitted uh, to what he's doing. Um, and, you know, he has not been committed to our issues. He has not been committed to our safety. Uh, so we're just uncommitted to voting for him. Adam Abu Salah, thank you for coming on Arab Talk. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. That's the voice in the face of uh, former Biden 2020 uh, field organizer from Dearborn, Michigan, Adam Abu Salah. You know, Jamal, I know that you and I have been talking about this because we have our ear and our eyes on what's happening in 2024. But coming from a former a field organizer for the Biden campaign from 2020, who is deeply embedded within the community in Detroit and, and Dearborn and in Michigan, where, as you said, large numbers of Arab American and North African uh, voters are and their allies. Based on what Adam says, I'm, I think the Biden administration is in a bit of trouble, Jamal. It, it's not looking good for the Biden administration. Um, you know, every time Biden goes anywhere now in the United States, people are protesting, calling him Genocide Joe. People are harassing. And, uh, you know, when Kamala Harris came to the Bay Area last week, there were deep protests against her, too. I am getting this feeling that people are actually agreeing with us, finally, that we have some really grave concerns about whether or not not just Arab Americans, but really younger voters and progressive voters are going to really rally behind Joe Biden. And the Wall Street Journal, Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> and they're making it worse. The man. New York Times. They're really stupid. But they're stupid. You know what, Jamal? They're making look, it worse. Look at how, but look at, let's look at how self destructive, how idiotic, how, how ridiculous these people are, whether it's Tom Friedman or the Wall Street Journal, or Nancy Pelosi, if they really want Joe Biden to win, and maybe they don't, but if they really want Joe Biden to win, would they write a piece in the Wall Street Journal saying, welcome to Dearborn, America's jihad capital? Would Thomas Friedman equate Arabs and people from the Middle East and North Africa with animals? Is that really going to engender uh, a loyalty and excitement for these communities who got Joe Biden elected. Is that going to get them to vote in 2024? Absolutely not. And let's talk first, take them one by one. So for those who don't know, the Wall Street Journal just a couple of days ago published an article and the title of it is Welcome to Dearborn, Americans <laughs> Jihad Capital. And then they go on. Imams and politicians in the Michigan city side with uh, side with sorry, sorry, imams and politicians in the in the Michigan in Michigan the Michigan city side with Hamas against Israel and Iran against the United States. 
So there is a major difference if you side or not side, but to label them as jihadis, okay? I've never heard, I mean, this is, this is so ludicrous, Jess, because, and, and this is very important for our listeners to listen to because they've been watching it and we've been seeing a member of Congress wearing the Israeli IDF military uniform to Congress. And then right. you have, now we know from the hostages and th from those who have been killed uh, uh, in, in Gaza, American citizens fighting in the Israeli army, military, military American citizens right. yeah. who go out of their way to join the Israeli military. How many Palestinians have you heard going from the Dearborn, Detroit area to go fight with Hamas? That's the question. Uh, I, I, it's easy, Jamal. No, no one has. It, it's, a big, it's a big joke. Well, it's and very important kind of to make article. this distinction. We have Americans right. who, in my opinion, when you are a member of Congress, you represent the United States, and then you wear the Israeli foreign country's uniform into a meeting in Congress. I don't know. I don't want to put the label of, of, well, of treason, but it, it's really eyebrow-raising event. Yeah. Yes. But do you know what else he said? I mean, as long as we're talking about this uh, congressman, he also had the audacity to say while he had his uniform on, he actually said uh, Palestinian children in Gaza who have been killed are not innocent, including uh, children, children, victims. babies, babies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. So so this guy, uh, I mean, you're a little bit more careful to use the word treasonous. But I, I would like to ask you, Jamal, if you or I, or let's say Rashida Tlaib or any other congressperson wore the uh, military outfit of a foreign country and we went to the U.S. Congress and gave a press conference, how long would that last before we got arrested by the FBI? We Come will on. be in Guantanamo. But, we will be in Guantanamo. And, 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 and that's, that's the ridiculous thing about it. I mean, these are American citizens who go there, dual citizens, and then they go and fight on behalf of Israel. Some of them get uh, killed. Some of them are uh, hostages. And now the United States demanding their release. And of course, when they present right. them, when President Biden talks about them, he says, Americans got killed and Americans are hostages and, and so forth that he doesn't mention that these are American citizens who are now also Israeli citizens fighting on behalf of the Israeli government, exactly. a foreign government. And that's why they came into harm's way. And, 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 and you know, and, and for this writer, Stephen Stalinsky, uh, to publish an article accusing uh, the entire city of Dearborn as a uh, America's jihad uh, America's jihad capital. You know what? Yesterday, the mayor of uh, Dearborn, Dearborn called yeah, on the that. police to protect its residents, right. to protect institutions, cultural events. Because it's incitement. Mosques. But listen, Jamal, it, it's incitement. And, and and you have to remember that if if an if a if a if a Palestinian if a Muslim if an Arab American were to say the same thing, let's look at, let, you know, we flip the script to see how ridiculous this is. Anybody else says the same thing, you know, within the Arab Muslim Palestinian community were to say the same thing, that would be incitement. They would be arrested. They would be detained. They would be investigated. So why isn't this journalist? who is inciting violence to an entire community in Dearborn, and maybe the entire United States, why is this journalist allowed to get away with it? Why is he not being investigated and, and held to the same standards? Because he's a shill for Israel and pro-Israel forces, Jamal. They get, a, they get away with being able to write this incendiary uh, rhetoric in the freaking Wall Street Journal. And, and what I'm saying, and this is a warning to the Wall Street Journal, and I make this warning, anything that's going to happen in Dearborn, if an attack if so, uh, on a mosque or some lives are lost because of a hate crime, it's on them. They're blood liable. 100%. They are blood 100%. liable. And not that I wish 100%. that this is going to happen, but there is a high possibility that this is going to happen. And, and I applaud the mayor for now amping basically security because uh, because of what happened i mean this is a major publication and then to add insult to injury then you have thomas friedman now 
I don't know. They, so, these guys are competing. The New York Times. Who, who's going to hit Muslims more and Arabs more? Is it the New York Times or is it the Wall Street Journal? He goes and publishes uh, an article, and I'm here quoting from the article, Jess. He basically, and the title of the article, we should say, uh, uh, the opinion piece, Understanding the Middle East Through the Animal Kingdom. And he's talking uh, about uh, basically... Uh, Yemen, Lebanon, Syria, and Iraq, they're describing them as being caterpillars. And then he's talking about that the Iran is the wasp, is the wasp. Uh, the Houthis, Hezbollah, Hamas, and uh, Kitab Hezbollah, those are the Iraqi ones, are the eggs that hatch inside the host. And then Lebanon, Yemen, Syria, and Iraq, uh, you know, eat it in, from inside out. And then he says, and then he says, this is what he says, we have no counter strategy that safely and efficiently kills the wasp without setting fire to the whole jungle. In other words, set fire to the entire Middle East to, call, to kill these insects. Can you imagine it's if someone compares Israel with an insect, with a, with a cockroach, for example, or with a wasp or whatever, and says, the only way to get rid of, uh, of, of the area there is to set it on fire. What will happen, Jess? Well, that, again, Jamal, the, the, the hammer of, of hatred and anti-Semitism would be leveled. And I might add, if that same comment were leveled against uh, Jews or Jewish Americans, it frankly would be anti-Semitic. And here we go. But Thomas Friedman is allowed to make these comments against Arabs, against Muslims, against people in the Middle East, and he gets away without, without any accountability. I think I'd like to compare Thomas Friedman to, uh, to human excrement, and I, I wonder if, if somehow we can compare journalistic styles with various forms of human excrement, Jamal, because I think Thomas Friedman has reached a new low. He has, he has, purported to be this kind of even balanced reporter, but he has consistently and unequivocally reported and supported uh, not only just apartheid regimes, Jamal, but dictatorial and aggressive and oppressive regimes throughout the world. So how can we take him seriously, Jamal? How can we take someone like Thomas Friedman when he gets away with that kind of racism? And I, I mean, I've been following the comment section in the Times. I haven't seen any retractions. People have been criticizing him vigorously, and yet he gets away with this. It's the same thing, Jamal, this kind of hypocrisy and asymmetry between what the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal are able to say and what the rest of the world is able to say if they want to be critical of genocide, if they want to be critical of Israeli policy, if they want to be critical of American policy, which continues to support this genocide uh, in Palestine right now. People cannot say it without being labeled as what? jihadists. Everybody who criticizes a genocide, Jamal, is now labeled as an anti-Semitic jihadist. That's, that's kind of the it is Or, or, or a Russian agent, or a Russian agent, which brings me or, to uh, oh, yeah. former Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, who recently it, doubled down on her accusations that she wants the FBI uh, to investigate uh, those who demonstrate uh, and interrupt basically her speech and her fundraisers <laughs> and, and, and others as being paid, as basically being paid by Russia, which makes them Russian agents. You have just, I don't have the numbers, but it must be in the millions of people who have gone to the streets and demonstrated in the, United, in the United States. Many of them are young college students. Uh, on, on college campuses. Many of them are people of color. Many of them are members of the LGBTQ community. Many of them are members of the uh, Jewish Voice for Peace. Well, these guys are paid Asians. They are Ru Russian, Russian spies. Instead of apologizing and saying, well, I've made a mistake, maybe I shouldn't have said that. She's she, doubling down. She's doubling down, and she wants the FBI. Okay, who's going to pay for that investigation? Is she going to pay for that investigation that's probably going to cost millions of dollars? And I don't want to get into the whole uh, Russia, not that uh, you and I are uh, supporters of Donald Trump, but I think that was the biggest hoax of the century when they said that right. the campaign was affected by Russia and, and spent millions and millions of dollars on that. And they still say that, even though that has been, been proven to be totally 
nonsense. And now she wants to start another investigation as an as a deflection. Okay, this is someone. It is a deflection. This is someone basically, Jess, and uh, who said in a in in a in a uh, on a panel that if uh, the capital Washington D.C. was to fall down or be destroyed, that she'll still uh, that she'll still send financial aid. Uh, USA to Israel. Imagine, think about that. Like, if, if, I don't know if you saw uh, that video, yeah. but it's it's I, it's I did. it's like you know she gets away with thing, saying things like this, and we know she's a big supporter of Israel. We know that she receives tons of money from APAC, and now actually people are calling to investigate her for her financial dealings. But that's another subject: investment in the stock market and inside knowledge and all these things. But that's a whole different topic. That's not my uh, my issue. My issue is that now she's criminalizing, vilifying, and basically saying that these people are traitors because they are basically exercising exercising their First Amendment by demonstrating and saying something simple. Ceasefire, right? And the genocide. Or, or, Stop killing children. And the genocide, right? And Jamal, and that you you saw this because I know you posted this on your account. She was yelling at some Asian Americans who were protesting. Can you? I I can't even believe I have to say this, Jamal. It's so disturbing. Go back to China, where your headquarters she, she is. That, where your headquarters is. Unbelievable! The level of racism not just against arab and palestinian people but against asian americans who who have done so much to get nancy pelosi elected and she had the audacity to yell at them to go back to china listen it's unbelievable Jess, you and I, you and i are no spring chicken and i don't like to talk about <laughs> ageism but nancy pelosi the way she's been speaking acting uh, lately it, it reminds me of basically of an old person who like maybe many of us uh, have witnessed their grandparents who lost their line. filter she line. lost her filter yeah that's what what happened she just says things that before she was more cautious and careful about saying now she's throwing these things. She lost her filter, and I don't think that she should remain in office, frankly. Well, well, I'm, I'm going to take a slightly different perspective, Jamal. I'm going to actually suggest that Nancy Pelosi, this is a deliberate, calculated, intentional uh, series of uh, 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 statements. Uh, yes, she may be having some cognitive decline, but if we look at the body of work in the Congress that Nancy Pelosi has engaged in, she has been one of the biggest supporters of the apartheid state. So in some ways, even though these, these statements are even more outrageous, you know, there's a big push, and we're seeing it in the New York Times. We're seeing, we're seeing it all over in corporate media and mainstream media, just like these outrageous statements, you know, vilifying anybody who, in fact, is critical of a, of a genocide. Oh, and that reminds me, Jamal, The Guardian just published, uh, I think, yesterday or today, a report that there are people in the CNN newsroom, staffers, who have been writing and complaining to the CNN leadership, claiming that the coverage of what's happening in Gaza right now is so biased, Jamal, that it amounts to journalistic malpractice. So we're seeing that people in the trenches, people who are working at the front lines of journalism, of academics, of medicine, are rising up and saying, no more, because this is really outrageous. We see it in the State Department. We see it in among interns at the White House. People are saying, this policy is not just biased, but it is not in the strategic interests of the United States. Just in the past two weeks or longer, CNN had one Palestinian American who happens to be the mayor of Detroit. Oh, that many? One, one Palestinian American. Oh, yeah, I'm surprised. You know, I'm surprised to talk about many. basically Dearborn, the mayor of Dearborn, to talk about 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 Dearborn and why he refused to meet with Biden's uh, basically campaign, not Biden's policymakers, but Biden's campaign, and 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 then when they talk about Gaza and what's going on in Gaza. They haven't brought a single person, Palestinian, to talk about what's going in Gaza. They haven't done that. They bring all these so-called falafel experts, as I as as I describe them, people <laughs> who have never been to the Middle East or they've never been to Gaza, and they're sitting ten thousand miles away from Gaza and talk about Gaza as if they know everything, or they basically regurgitate everything that the Israeli 
military spokesman says. That's what they do. That's Don't that's that's the extent of of their reporting. Which uh, again, I want to uh, keep keep us going on different topics here. Just but just to remind our our viewers that the Gaza death toll has risen to more than twenty seven thousand three hundred fifty Palestinians killed by Israeli bombardment as of today. Thirteen thousand of them or more are children. Are children. children. You have over. 60,000 who are injured, and you have more than 20,000 who are unaccounted for still under the rubble. So they haven't been added to the death, so the death toll can climb tremendously. And of course, Israel has not stopped the bombardment. They tell people to go to some area to receive some aid and whatever, and they go there and they, they kill them. And then they kill them. Yeah, Khan Yunus, uh, Jamal, you know, which is this densely populated area and community in uh, southern uh, Gaza is under attack right now. The Israeli military has been, despite all the BS about ceasefire and things getting better, it, the reality on the ground is that the Israeli military is actually increasing their genocidal activities, killing more Palestinians. There's, you know, as we've been talking about, complete uh, disruption and destruction of the healthcare infrastructure, it's um, it's devastating, Jamal. And still, humanitarian aid is not getting in. And to add insult to injury, Jamal, with all the starvation, the United States has the audacity to cut funding on UNRWA. And, and we talked about it and last week. this week. I'm talking about it again. They're voting about to approve $17.3 billion, billion, billion to Israel. Israel. In addition... Right. You know, in addition to what Israel receives on an annual basis, $17.3 billion. I don't know. Nancy, you know where Nancy Pelosi lives? You know, she lives right in the nice area of Presidio Heights and Pacific Heights, the wealthy area in San Francisco. Has she been to downtown? Has she been to the mission area? Even if she drove from Pacific Heights through Van Ness, she'll see the, the, the tents of homeless people. I was yesterday, I drove through Van Ness, which is like a, a boulevard, Jess. This is where it used to be, we used to have the fancy car dealerships, and now they have, right. uh, you know, apartment buildings and offices. There right. are tents in this rain. Everywhere. There is a storm. There is a storm as we're speaking, coming, you know, basically coming into California. Now it's in Southern California, moving its way to Northern California. These people are sleeping in the street under freeway uh, bypasses, uh, she can That's see right. them with her own eyes, and she's going to approve $17.3 billion to go to Israel. The all, you know what the argument about this? It's not about the $17.3 billion going to Israel in Congress, which you're going to hear about it next week, is that how much are we going to take away from that to give to Ukraine? Another war. That's Another right, war. That's ex that's and exactly then maybe right. f throw a few sacks of flour to give to the Palestinians in Gaza, some rice and flour. But the rest goes to no, Israel. But, so, but, but Jamal, it's even more insulting. Let, let, let's, let's, let's even break it down even more. The level of insult and how like ignorant and profoundly ignorant politicians are about this. So Joe Biden says that he's going to institute sanctions against Israeli settlers who commit violence against Palestinians. And we, we... Uh, the Palestinian community or the Arab community or the Muslim community were supposed to start dancing in the streets. But when you dig below the surface, it's four crazy, illegal colonial settlers that he's sanctioning right now. Out of the 800,000 colonial illegal settlers in Jerusalem and the West Bank, Jamal, he's going to sanction four. I, it, I don't even know what to say, how insulting that is or how stupid it is or how ridiculous it is. Does he think, really, by making this kind of outrageous, ignorant statement, that people are going to say, oh, well, I guess we're going to have to vote for Joe Biden now because he sanctioned, you know, four out of 800,000 illegal colonial settlers. I mean, I was blown away by how much press com uh, coverage that ridiculous statement got in the media. Like, oh, wow, Biden is really putting the pressure on Israel right now. He you know, sanction for Israeli settlers. Oh my God. I, I, I mean, what, what kind of ridiculousness is that, Jamal? Has it gotten any worse than that recently? 
Well, just Biden and Blinken must think that the Palestinian-American community, the Arab-American community, the Muslim-American community are just dumb. That's, that's and gullible. That's what, that's what yeah. they really believe, that they can just say yeah, something yeah. like last minute and they're going to last minute, minute show of uh, balance in, in their policy, which is really not. And then uh, they're going to change their minds. And let me take you back before putting the uh, whatever, putting these four Israeli terrorists on, on the list of that, that they're going to be, I guess, prevented from coming to the United States or arrested or something. They come to the United States. The initial measure that they, they undertook was to refuse visas to those right. settlers who commit acts of violence against Palestinian civilians. Well, guess what? 80,000 to 100,000 of those illegal colonial settlers are American citizens with American passports. Uh -oh. They are dual uh -oh. citizens who uh -oh. don't uh -oh. need a visa to return to their to homes in Brooklyn, New York, and other places <laughs> in the United States. I mean, this is a known fact. And they are amongst the most extremist settlers who are responsible for the killing of or the burning, setting the entire family, the Dawabsha family, uh, kid and other families on fire and attacking uh, shepherds and killing sheep and burning crops like uh, olive trees, uh, 100 years old olive trees. These are American citizens. There is nothing that the uh, Biden administration can do about them to prevent them from coming to the United States unless right. they, uh, they, uh, they basically uh, put an executive order, just like this one, to arrest them upon arrival. They haven't done that. They named four people, the worst for, well, guess what? Ben Gavir himself is a terrorist and is a criminal according to Israeli law. He served That's right. jail sentence. Smotrich is the same way. They can come and go to the United States. These are the most extreme type of settlers. Did they put their name on the no-fly list? No, they, are they preventing no. preventing them from? So it's all smoke and mirrors, Jess, to distract from the fact that Biden has gone all out of his way to slaughter, to basically green light the slaughtering of thousands of Palestinians, and now and now they're feeling the pinch because you know what? They listen to polls and they see what's happening in the streets. They're not blind; they see the th thousands. And we're not talking about Arab Americans. Arab Americans in this country represent less than 2% of the entire population. They are, not, they are not the people who are demonstrating in the streets. They represent a very small portion. As we've mentioned before, the thousands of students between the age of 18 to 24 on college campuses who represent 37% of the voters of this country, basically. That's and right. Different communities, the Jewish American community, the African American communities, the Latinos in this country, and so forth. And now they're scrambling to come up with some no burger burger, basically saying, oh, we're going to do something for the Palestinians, you know, aside from giving them a few sacks of uh, rice and flowers and send, send uh, uh, Samantha Power for a photo up. Uh, on the Egyptian side with the truck uh, trucks of Amer U.S. aid and say, look, Please we're don't sending give me them. I mean, uh, listen, uh, I, I can go listen, on and go and talk about get... this. Yeah, it's we really disturbing what he's doing. But listen, so I, I want to say something to Biden, Blinken, Harris, the Democrats, Samantha Parr, who wrote a book, by the way, about genocide, but refuses to call the genocide in Gaza a genocide. Um, we're going to thank you for bringing uh, Donald Trump back into power. It is your fault. It is, it is because of your uh, moral uh, depravity and your lack of moral clarity and ethical responsibility to humanity. And you, all of you, are going to pay a political price. The political price that the Democrats and Biden and Harris and Blinken are going to pay is going to affect the world. And it's on their hands. It's on their shoulders. They are acting so destructively right now, Jamal. I think they deserve Donald Trump. They deserve them, and they deserve everything that comes with it. Well, 
the last message I want to say also, Arab Americans have options. And they are, uh, and actually Adam, who, we, who we've had earlier on the show, he said, yeah, they're yeah. going to go out and vote. They're going to vote for uh, their local Congress people. They're going to vote for, right. Right. for the local mayors and other issues on the ballot. And also there are, in my opinion, other options. Uh, you have Dr. Jill Stein. She's running for office. You have Cornell West, who is also running for president. So there are other people who, even though even though the polls don't show that they are going to win, but it's it doesn't mean that you should not you should sit at home and not vote. You should cast your vote. No, but you definitely, I'm, I'm not, no one that I've heard uh, to from is going to vote for Trump or Biden. That's right. And what we will tell people, like we said when uh, Ralph Nader uh, ran for president, uh, Jamal, vote your conscience. Vote for the best candidate that you believe will represent what you believe. And this idea that, oh my God, you're, you're voting for a third party candidate is so ridiculous because we're Stop. really the only country and the, we're the only country in the world that is mired in this crazy two party system. Because everywhere else in the world, they have a multi-party system where people do have choices. And we've said this, there is no significant difference on so many issues between the Republicans and the Democrats. All we have to say is like, look at the bloodthirsty votes that they've made to support the apartheid and the genocide that Israel is engaged with right now in Palestine. You've been listening to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco 89.5 FM. Go to our website, ArabTalkRadio.com, to download the latest shows, and we'll speak to you next week. We'll see you next week.